He is closer than you think. He is closer than you think. A Psalm 139, and it's one of my it's one of my favorite psalms, and for good reason. I remember being at Tyndale a number oh twenty years ago when the dean of students had read the psalm and said it was his favorite. And I remember at that time I tried I memorized it, but they think I had since forgotten it. Um, but it's just a wonderful psalm. But just before I start, I, I just wanted to uh, give some context because in this psalm, towards the end, he says something like this. He says, Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And abhor those who rise up against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. And so you read this beautiful psalm, beautiful psalm. And then you get to that part and you're like, what is going on here? What is going on here? And you know, just from what I can see and, and just from my research is um, that David did have hatred for his enemies. He was a king of Israel at the time and we know a lot is happening today in Israel and in Palestine and we know that enemies are really seeking to destroy each other. Nations are rising against nations. And, and I, even at that time, there was a, a threat to seek to overthrow his kingship and uh, to destroy the nation of Israel. None of us today are the leaders of Israel or Palestine. And we know that Jesus had said that there's going to be wars and there's going to be rumors of wars. Nation will fight against nation. But Jesus says, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. You see, we are the church, not the government. We are followers of Jesus, not people of the world. And we are part of his invisible kingdom. I just wanted to give that for some context. And even John Calvin had... had um, deny vehemently that one should expect to find that one should not expect to find the kingdom of Christ made manifest in the civil kingdom of politics, law, and the like. John Calvin had even said that. Now Psalm 139, and I'll skip those verses. I want you to close your eyes, and I'm going to read it slowly. And I just want you to reflect on it and have it be a prayer between you and your heavenly Father. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. 
If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Back in time, David. You know, it took time in that day to write letters. They were often written on tablets and then papyrus. And there was a system of couriers. I learned that, uh, that people were hired to deliver these letters to their destination. And these systems were actually quite complex. And they had stops on the way where you can rest and you can get water and food. And, and it was a very... Yeah, complex, efficient system. But nothing like today's instant information that we have. Johann Gutenberg is known for having designed and built the first known mechanized printing press in Europe. In 1455, he used it to print the Gutenberg Bible. Fast forward to 1826, and we have the first surviving photograph crazy we still have that that's or a copy of that i should say the earliest known surviving record of a human sound was actually conducted on april 9 1860 when someone recorded a song um, by the light of the moon on a device crazy and now today there's never been a time in history when we have access to information about people, places, events, wars, natural disasters. I lived in a time when you had to wait for the news to come on at 6.30. Remember that? With, I always liked Dan Rather. Maybe for some of you it was Walter Cronkite. Any, anybody else that have a special name? A Heather Cabot? Right, Heather? <laughs> um, I lived in that day and age, and you had to wait the next day to get the recorder and times to see what was happening. And I still remember that image of the space shuttle exploding and seeing that on 
the front page of the news. You had to wait a week to watch the next episode of Dallas. See what was going to happen with JR. Now because of cameras, body cams, dash cams, and fast global communication, we're one click away from watching up close a real encounter, often violent, from the other side of the world. Soldiers carry them. I think police officers now carry them. There's dash cams in vehicles. I actually think they're built into cars, and almost everyone has a phone. I was curious about this, and I was shocked to learn that over 5 billion people now have a smartphone. How many people are in the world? 8 billion? 7.5? 5 billion. And so if you're not recording a conversation while your phone is, you could be talking about buying a vehicle or going on vacation or a, you know, wanting a piece of clothing or a combine or a tractor, and guess what? You're going to get ads pop up on your Facebook feed, you know, about that thing that you were talking about. It happens all the time. How many times we were talking about something and boom, it was there. They are closer than you think. (laughs) You know, and even we could be laying on the couch and we could be watching the Toronto Maple Leafs and eating our favorite chips and drinking a can of Coke. In between intermission, we can watch what is happening in Israel and in Palestine, in Ukraine and in Russia. Or we could be reading the heated discussions that often unfold on Facebook or any digital media. I read a headline just yesterday and it said, Is everyone alive witnessing the bombardment of Gaza through my family's WhatsApp group? That's how connected we are. Today it's instant, and everyone gets a copy if they want it. Now there's a whole new problem where, where even those with corrupt motives can change a picture or sounds and present it as somebody it's not to frame somebody. You hear about that too. We think that they are closer than you think. On a scientific level, you have the electronic microscope, which is a really powerful tool in it, It goes into the microscopic realm and they could see objects as small as an atom. I was shocked to know that they can go that that minute. One-tenth, one-ten-millionth of a millimeter. It's an incredible leap from a millimeter scale to an atomic scale. For comparison, the human eye, I think, can see like a strand of hair, um, 0.065 millimeters. And these machines, it's one-tenth million of a millimeter. I can't comprehend that. I can't comprehend that. But you know, tech doesn't solve things. All this technology has a lot of good uses. Many with the intent to make business and life more efficient, to enhance safety, find new cures and keep people honest. Tools, tech and things are neutral. They really are how a person uses this tech that matters and it's because of fallen human nature that many will use these devices for evil purposes and companies often profit off of selling this stuff but often with this instant information this media 
it often makes worse the group mentality that is happening. And it makes worse the fear of the other. We see that we, we don't like others. And so we can become combative or we can retreat. And in the end, it, none of this has the ability to see someone's thoughts or intentions. But David saw it differently when he came into the presence of God. Now, to be sure, being positive here, creating labels in our own minds can be good if we feel like we're going crazy because we, we know that something's disjointed. We know that something's wrong. And so oftentimes we do need to sort of label things in our own mind to have peace of mind. Uh, take, for instance, a disease. We want to know what's happening. We want to know what's going on inside if we're sick. The doctors certainly do so we can be treated. We want to know our odds. If we have a mental health condition, we want to know, or a loved one has it, we, we want to be able to get the right medication or therapy. Not knowing can drive a person nuts. And so often we do categorize and identify because it does make us feel better and it can give us hope. But on the negative, this fear of the other, this not like, liking what we're seeing, often we, we have too much information and we don't want to live in the tension of not knowing, in the mystery, in the unknown. And this is true of our relationship with people and our relationship with God. It's often why we categorize and label people and produce systematic theology texts on God. We almost want to categorize him. We almost want to kind of systemize what he's like. And they're helpful. I was just reading in my uh, systematic theology the other day, and there's some good stuff in there. But getting to know God personally and letting him reveal what he knows about you, your purpose, your value, apart from the external elements, often does get forgotten. Maybe because it's too scary or too comfortable. We don't want to be exposed. It doesn't feel good to feel our own guilt and shame and bitterness and unforgiveness. It's not nice. And so we hold on to them. We don't want to let them go. And if anybody, you have a tractor, or you have a car, or you have an animal, and it has a, an internal problem, what's, what do you do? You call a mechanic. You hook it up to a machine. You get the codes. You see what's going on. You call the vet. Sometimes you have to do surgery. And yet, you know, human nature, we just retreat and we do the opposite. We do the opposite. And yet, for some reason, humanity still wants to involve themselves in everybody else's business. And say, I've been guilty of that. We want to label everything and we want to label it now. We're in the day of instant. We want to label, he's a fraudster or a thief. She's a narcissist or a blabbermouth. He's so crooked that when he dies, you'll have to screw him into the ground. I've heard that said. About a former, I've heard that said. Trudeau is this, Polyev is, is that. Israel is the enemy, Palestine is the enemy. But all this labeling and this categorizing doesn't move people to act in the way that they should. The cardinal rule of treating others as better than yourselves is not listened to or followed by having more of this information. It's not. 
And so people, we, we, we side with those we identify with politically, ethnically, or with our family, even if they're clearly wrong. And we refuse to maybe see the whole story. And so that merry-go-round of the old blame game still takes place. Adam says to God as he looks at Eve, that woman you put here, she made me eat it. Eve says to God, the servant, he tricked me. Cain says to God when God was looking for Abel, am I my brother's keeper? Back then, no one took responsibility for their own actions. And this is the case today. And I, and I get it. I get it. But this psalm, this psalm 139, when I read it, it's like David wrote it on his better day. After a long, maybe evening of worship and crying out to God, and then God overwhelmed him with the knowledge that he knows everything about him. I mean everything. David suddenly realized in this moment that God is closer than he thought. And wow, David knew it was impossible to escape his presence. No amount of going up, going down, no amount of light or darkness could hide David from his God. Even in the womb, God saw his body being made and guided it along. Even before he had a thought, God knew it. It was not the kind of exposing from body cams or wiretaps or cameras. You see, his enemies, they wanted dirt on him and they found anything to frame David. And they would use this tech. Even if, if they had this tech, they would certainly use it. But often, you know, the information was not completely true or it was false and it was intended to hurt and destroy. But God showing up, the eternal creator, everlasting and all-consuming fire, source of purity and love, made David completely vulnerable and humbled him to the core. To be known or exposed in this way. To know that God knew his name. David realized that God is closer than he first realized. He is closer than you think. With all this tech, we will never be able to wipe away you know, when we think of our, our great God, we will never be able to wipe away the horizons or drink the oceans dry. I heard that line. And yet David yearned for a God who would expose his thoughts, to search him and to know him, to see if anything was wrong with him. And he had his moments where he turned from God after his sin. It took a while and God had to expose him. But when he does, we have no one else to blame but ourselves. And we learn that we can trust God in His relentless love. We're called to do the same. His showing up, His presence reveals the purity, His purity, His kindness. His justice is overruled by His desire to not give us what we deserve. That's called mercy. And then to give us what we don't deserve. That's called grace. And he gives us forgiveness and eternal life. So do we really want to be exposed by him? This is not exposing anybody else. It's our own hearts. 
We want to do this as David did. Search me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wrong way and motives in me. Am I being impatient and unkind? Am I easily offended or angered? No, God knows our hearts anyway. He knows what's in our hearts. He knows what we think even before we think it. Nothing is hidden. Jesus says in Matthew, Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nothing hidden that will not be made known. And on a more intimate level, Hebrew says, For the word of God is active and alive, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. There's no body cam, audio recording, electronic microscope that will reveal the human heart. I often think back to the the story of Louis Zamperini. And just to keep it short, he came back from the war and became an alcoholic and filled with rage and anger and went to a Billy Graham crusade 1949 and went the first night and and Billy said every eye closed, every head bowed, he bolted. His family begged him to go back again and he did finally, but he said, I'm going to leave when he asks me to pray. He didn't want to get serious with God because God had a, a call on his life to make him his own. But he did. As soon as started praying nothing else mattered it's like you sitting here right now and everybody around you is invisible and it's just you and God just you and God and that's how it was for Louis and that's how I believe it was for David and that's how he wants it to be for us from time to time that's how it was for me And I realize that it's only God, God, that can reveal the human heart. Because He alone has created us and knows us better than we know ourselves. And we're created to be connected to Him. And you know, it's actually freedom and liberation in the most glorious way when we're exposed by God. His revealing Himself to us by His Spirit is the only solution and our greatest joy. I have to think the leaders in Palestine and in Israel and Russia and in the Ukraine, they can come under that conviction of Almighty God and feel His presence and feel His glory. And they would lay their guns down. They would lay their bombs down. Knowing as David did, that he is so near. We come to see that the book, the great author, that we are the book the great author is writing. We are the canvas the great artist is painting. We are the clay the great potter is forming. And our life is now hidden with Christ in God. We know that this earth is not our home. But we are destined for heaven. So no categorizing, labeling, or blaming others. We can see that God is in control. We'll show justice in the end. We're called to live, serve, worship, pray, and display the love of Jesus to others. But continually to let Him 
search our hearts. And I know one of the things that I struggle with is the fear of being offended by others. We get offended easily. And I think that's the case for many people. We've got to do some business with God. So often, we do need to just acknowledge that God is good and fair and all-knowing. And that in the light of eternity, it will make sense. We have to resign ourselves to that. The closer we come to God and abide in Him, we can let so much go. We can and we must. Because we're going to have to live in the tension and in the mystery of not being able to know everything. To have faith as a child. We bury our head in the sand? Not know what's going on? No, I don't think so. But the amount of information that we're being fed is overloading. And it's mostly negative. And it's too much for the human spirit to take on and absorb. I've had to let some things go and need to be held accountable not to continue to just focus on Jesus, focus on serving. And can we really drink from the cup of suffering that Jesus did? I don't think so. So if you see this psalm and you read it and you're discouraged because you wonder, God has forgotten me. I'm not as favored. I don't measure up. Know that He has not forgotten you. Know that He knows when you stand and sit, when you sleep and wake. He knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows your beginning and your end. And you can't run from His all-consuming love. He counts the hairs on our head. He knows your frustrations and your limitations. He has not forgotten you. He really is closer than you think. And if you feel weak, limited, ordinary, like your past sins disqualify you, guess what? That's the best material through which God can work. It's a sure sign that He is closer than you think. It's not just that God created everything. He created you. It's not just that God knows everything. He knows you. It's not that just God is everywhere. He is everywhere with you. Allow Him to search you and to know your heart. Allow Him to test you and to know your anxious thoughts. Allow Him to see if there is any offensive way in you. And ask Him to help you make it right. Then worship Him. Serve Him joyfully. Take risks for Him. Pray often. Be thankful in all circumstance. And then be thankful for leading you in the way of everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. And we'll call the worship team forward too. Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, no matter what we do, where we go, what we think, you are with us, you love us, you know our thoughts, why? Because you live within us. You live within us. Christ within us. And for this, we are eternally thankful and grateful. 
We pray for your presence to come and fill us and to fill this place. We pray for your peace that passes all understanding. We pray all this in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us sing a song of response. He knows my name and you may, you may stand. <laughs>